This is Witches, Bitches, and Dead People with Intuitive Oracle, Jamie Hearn. Jamie stirs the cauldron with witches, shamans, healers, psychics, and mediums who bravely share their power and give you insight into what conversations with dead people really look like. It's probably not what you think. Sometimes hilarious, sometimes macabre, and always informative. Hello, and welcome back to Witches, Bitches, and Dead People. I'm Jamie Hearn, and today I am super excited because I'm chatting with Lisa Adams about all things astrology. So this is launching on my birthday, and I have asked Lisa to give us some really cool insights around what's going on in the energy field right now. Lisa has been helping thousands of people create better lives for almost three decades, just in this lifetime, but she's been doing it like millennia. (laughs) As a spiritual teacher, high priestess healer, and life coach, she shows you how to transform your life according to your own rules. That is just my speed. Her passion is teaching others the ways of mysticism, ancient esoteric wisdom, and magic in a grounded, gritty, practical manner. Lisa's dedication to self-growth and compassion fuel her work, helping clients connect with their inner wisdom, trust their inner process of transformation, and move forward, creating the life they desire. She offers tarot and astrology readings, life coaching, teaches courses online, and facilitates rituals, retreats, and sacred ceremony. Welcome, Lisa. Hi, Jamie. I'm so excited to connect with you. This, I like the energy is off the hook. I'm super happy that you're here. I start every call with a card pull. So yes. today I used the Cheryl Lee Harnish. I'll show it to you the Path of the Soul deck. And I got a really cool card. I've actually gotten it a couple of times. It's the renewal card. And it's all about the energy of healing. It's calling for repair and healing within relationship, especially family. You're being asked to look for the good in all those who closely surround you. Um, I don't know how that resonates for you, but I can certainly relate to that card. <laughs> um, actually, it it totally relates. Um, this last year, we've had a lot of change, like major change and upheaval in my family. And I've been really in service to that and really showing up for it. So thank you. Um, yeah, that's a sweet card. I feel that in my heart. Beautiful. Let's talk about astrology. And forgive me if I say tarot and you say tarot, because I know some people pronounce it differently, but it's all really cool either way. (laughs) Agreed. I just want to spend a little time on the astrology piece for totally personal motivation, because I'm fascinated by it. I don't understand it. There are a lot of moving parts. And I find a lot of people talk about it as though I should understand it. And I don't. I'm super excited to have you here. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. You know, I poo-pooed astrology for such a long time, even though I always had a kind of a fascination. So um, 
you know, really my first memory of astrology was being a little girl and my mom had Cosmopolitan magazine and it would come with the bedside astrologer in it. And I would pour through it and think it was so cool. But anytime I read horoscopes or whatever, I never felt like they applied to me. It just seemed like it was a fluke if it ever did. Um, And then that all changed for me shortly after my separation and divorce in um, like 2010, 2011. And I got, um, I got turned on to an astrologer who everything that she said and the way she explained things not only hit home and made sense for me, I could literally see the way that things were playing out in my life and the lives of others. And then I was like, oh my gosh, this is like, this really is real. And it was just a different way to take the information in. And I got so excited about it and paid such close attention that I just really, I'm, a, I'm somebody I like to go down a good research rabbit hole and learn things. It's like my turn on. Uh, it's my moon in Gemini. In fact, that like, I just want to know stuff. I want to like gobble it up. I want to learn. I want to teach. I want to speak. Um, Words of affirmation are a big love language for me. Once I started diving in, it was like remembering like an ink, a, a language, an ancient language that I'd known for a long time. And it was just like, it was coming back to me, like it was remembering. Um, and so now uh, it's it's a lens that I use to look at what's going on in my life and in the world and in the lives of people around me. And it gives me some context and framework to understand like what's happening and to also look for like the growth, the healing and the opportunities that might be presented in whatever's happening. That's amazing. And I feel like it also allows you to have a deeper understanding of some of the crazy shit people do. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. OMG. Yes, very much. Um, I mean, so, uh, you know, just as I'm like getting prepared to be on, on this podcast with you this morning, I just quickly like looked at what was going on in the news just really fast. And I could see how Mars in Gemini right now is really it's like feisty communication. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. Lindsey Graham just said there's going to be riots if Trump gets um, indicted. And I was like, that is Mars in Gemini right there. Interesting. Yeah. So let's talk about Mars and Gemini because it's kind of a big FD right now. Mars, you know, moves pretty quickly, typically throughout the sky. But this year, Mars got into Gemini um, towards the end of August. It was like August 20th. And like what's really almost unprecedented is that it's going to stay in Gemini until Um, almost the end of March. Usually, yeah, it doesn't usually stay in a sign for very long. But the reason it's such a BFD and it's going to be there for such a long time is because um, it's going to retrograde later this year. So um, right at Samhain, October 30th, 
um, Mars is going to start going backwards um, and it's going to be there until um, into January. And what Mars and Gemini is, it's like noticing all those negative, that, that negative self-talk, but also um, like I notice myself, like my inner mean girl and my judgy stuff is like almost got a bullhorn going on in my brain right now. And we really have to filter and watch what we're saying and how we're saying it because it's really feisty. It's super feisty. And it can be um, like forgetting to filter, in which case sometimes you got to say things like it is. But I think um, I think it's an opportunity to notice, wow, listen to that narrative I've got going on like holy crap, that is not cool. That's not nice. I, that's not who I choose to be in life. But boy, it's it's in me. It's like shadow work, really. Interesting, because I'm completely unfiltered. But I'm super matter of fact. So it's not like I'm in being mean about it. Like, it, that's just how I perceive it. So this will be interesting for me to pay attention during this period and see how I show up. Yes. Well, your, um, your Mercury, which rules Gemini and communication, your Mercury is in Virgo. So you are very matter of fact for practical playing down to earth. You just, um, you know, say it like it is. And, and your, your way of communicating is not going to be really embellished, if that makes sense. Yeah. Straightforward. Yeah. But Mars in Gemini is feisty and like fighting words and stuff like that. And I think a, a, way, a way we can use this is to just a witness what's going on and, you know, decide to maybe edit internally also to, um, to make sure that we're choosing words carefully and how we communicate so that, and I think it can be effective because it, it does give us really effective words, but it can be more effective if we communicate, you know, well and properly and use our words carefully. It's also like a way to show up and speak truth to power. It's a way to show up and be like warrior fierce, but, but our, our tools or our quote weapons is communication and truth and speaking out what's really going on, calling things out that need to be called out. So it'll be interesting to watch that play out with the upcoming election because Mars will go retrograde just a few days before the election, which creates a lot more intensity around the themes that we're talking about right now. Oh, wow. That's interesting. So we'll just have to circle back and see what's going on then. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, certainly like you and I should totally at least like check in and, and see what's <laughs> up. I mean, we'll all be watching it play out as we are. Um, certainly, but, uh, I'm noticing too that uh, Mars and Gemini can be, you know, an opportunity to notice the way we take in information, the kind of information we're taking in and 
what's like discern much more quickly what's worthwhile and what's not because Gemini wants us to take in information and integrate it. It's, it's the sign of communication really wants us to take it in, integrate it and figure out what's worthwhile and what's not worthwhile. So we're going to be working on this for, for quite some time. And maybe, maybe that's a good thing when it comes to this election, I think we'll be seeing, um, uh, more fighting words on the different sides, Gemini's, you know, twins. So we got the two sides. We're going to watch that like ping back and forth. It'll be, uh, yeah, quite a show. Yeah, I'm sure. Let's talk about the sun sign a little bit. You know, I'm a Libra. We've talked about it when this airs, we'll be in Libra. Mm-hmm. And I've, have some really strong characteristics that associate with Libra Libra, and others aren't even in the same room as, as me. So how do we reconcile that? Like, how do we look at the sign and say, yeah, that's me or no, it's not. Thank you for asking. The sun sign is essentially like our ego. Um, It's kind of who we know ourselves to be in a very intrinsic way. Uh, There are a lot of traits that we'll carry in accordance with our sun sign, but it's just one aspect of the whole picture, right? We're whole, holistic human beings. One of the big things that I look at that tells us more about our personality is the rising sign or the ascendant. And your ascendant is just inside of cancer. So you've got cancer traits and tendencies, but so much of that first house for you is also Leo. So you bring a lot of Leo to, to the game, to the table. And those are very different signs than Libra. I mean, they're very, very different, but you have a lot of that energy that, that is part of who you know yourself to be and part of how people and um, like the environment around you encounters you is kind of how you interface with things. Um, so that's a big part of how we understand ourselves and our traits. And then I also love to look at where uh, the moon is because the moon says a lot about what we love and what nurtures and nourishes us. So I mentioned my moon in Gemini. I want to learn. I want information. I want to communicate, blah, blah, blah. Um, love to talk, <laughs> you know, but then your, your moon, and I'm just want to make sure I go over there and get that right again. Yeah. Your moon is actually in Aries. So, um, lots of action, lots of impetus, um, maybe somewhat impulsive, uh, but a largesse and very, a lot of generosity, um, somewhat romantic, um, likes to be active and have things going on. Um, yeah. So that's more like Aries energy. Yeah. All of that is true. And I have a son whose sun sign is Aries. I'm certain that there's some element in our astrological charts that supports this, but we're just intrinsically easily at odds. We're very similar in some ways. And he was over one night and he and I were arguing about something and his girlfriend had never seen us have any type of ill words. 
my husband was just like, sit down. It'll blow over in five minutes. He'll be hugging her in the kitchen and she'll be making him a grilled cheese. It's fine. <laughs> and that's so good because you can like be impulsive and sort of fly off the handle, but then you can bring it right back down. You're going to move through things a little more quickly um, yeah. with that kind of a, an aspect. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um so, uh, you know, when we talk about the moon, the, we just had that new moon in Virgo. Um, uh, it was like early wee hour Saturday morning. Uh, the moon just went into Libra. So right now the moon is in Libra. But uh, you know, then we have the sun in Virgo. So it's like Virgo season. And then we'll go into Libra season and the new moon will be in Libra. When, and the sun will be in Libra and then like, that'll feel really good, but sort of different. And, and it heralds in like the beginning of autumn and autumn equinox. Right. And it's just a great time of year. I like that time of year myself. Yeah, <laughs> it, it does. It would just feel like um, being in your own kind of um, realm or space where you feel most comfortable. Yeah. And I always feel like I have some excitement around that time of year. Like, let's face it. I love my birthday because I'm an only child. So I celebrate myself. <laughs> but I, I always seem to have excitement around my environment, things that are happening in my life, professionally, personally. And it seems to just culminate around the beginning of autumn. And that makes sense because it's your solar return. It's your solar return. So when the when the sun comes back around to that same place in the sky, like you're going to feel the most at home. Like I feel the most at home right now in this Virgo season, being a Virgo. Um, I love this time of year. I used to love the beginning of the school year. Um, and sometimes it actually started right on my birthday, which was a little <laughs> odd because it kind of, you know, it's like school school starting was bigger than my birthday in, on, in those cases. But I loved I loved going back to school and this feeling of renewal that that this time of year brings to me. And I always associate it with back to school. But now I'm like, oh, it's probably because it's my solar return. Yeah. Yeah. My my son has gone back to school on his birthday a couple of times too when Labor Day has been really late in the year. <laughs> so I always tried to do something special for him in the morning, but we had to get to school because he had people to see. <laughs> that was it for me too. It's like, oh, I get to go back and see everybody and like wear cute clothes or whatever. I mean, that's how it was, but yeah. Well, you know, speaking of Libra, um, when I looked at where everything is, like in this very moment, right now, um, not only is the moon there, but uh, Mercury just went into Libra. Oh. Yeah. So Mercury and Libra is a lovely opportunity to connect and talk, but also to look at um, sort of like liberal arts themes, anything from philosophy to um, like you know, writing and uh, literature to the fine arts um, and also um, themes of law because Libra is the scales of justice, right? And, and like, how do we find balance, that sort of thing. Um, so it's really higher minded expression of Mercury. Um, Mercury actually does beautifully in Libra because Mercury wants to engage with these kinds of themes. Now, um, What's 
really important to know, like everybody pay attention right now, Mercury's in its retrograde shadow. So Mercury, you know, retrogrades like three or four times a year. Um, and this year when I pulled up like all the, the themes for the year and what was going on, Mercury, each time it goes retrograde this year, starts its retrograde in an air sign, like this time it's Libra. It'll go back into Virgo, an earth sign, before it treads back over into Libra again. And the way I think of this, just um, I was like, oh, okay, the difference between air and earth, like what does that mean? We go from thinking and understanding something in our heads and in our minds. And then we take it back to earth, which for us is also our body. So I see it as an opportunity to take what we're learning, what we know, what we're processing, and bring it into our body so that it's a more embodied knowing and understanding of whatever we're encountering. And with this in particular, uh, Mercury retrograding back into and mostly in Virgo, Virgo rules digestion. So it's like a Mm -hmm. gut check, a gut check, like, and also like talk to your body, what your body have to say, like, you know, check with your gut. How are you processing and digesting the information that you're taking in? How does that feel inside your body? But especially the gut, right? Like the intuitive part of us that's like very visceral. Yeah. That's that right there is exactly what I've been lacking in my experience with astrology. Like I don't know how they all fit together. So thank you for sharing that. That's super useful information. Right? (laughs) It can be practical and down to earth and accessible that way. It doesn't have to be all this woo-woo stuff, like, which, you know, uh, gritty, grounded, practical. That's, I I love things to be like that and still be like spiritual woo-woo as fuck. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So one thing I don't know if you know about me is I am a practicing attorney. Oh, wow. Right. It kind of like fits ish yeah like libra hi libra (laughs) (laughs) so it was was interesting that you mentioned the aspects of the law um and i have forever okay for 20 plus years been at odds with the practice of law because i felt like it was a predestined path i've from the time I was little, like four or five, I would tell people, I'm going to be an attorney. And most of them were like, oh, okay. And I was like, no, um, I'm going to be an attorney. Like, that's just what it is. But it has always felt misaligned. So I'm working through the process of really becoming aligned with my law practice and what it does and who I am as an attorney. So it's super interesting that you mentioned that with respect to the whole astrological chart, really. Well, dude, let me tell you what you just described about like this kind of back and forth between um, like, you know, how, how do I do this in a way that feels aligned or like me? Because 
Um, like I'm Renegade Mystic is my company name. And I chose that because I've just always been really rebellious from, you know, from the time I, you know, broke out of my mother's womb. Um, I've just always been like that. Um, and so at odds with like authority and, and the rules and all of that, and it's in my chart, like it's very clearly delineated there. But right now, and what we've all like as a society and a global community have been encountering is what's called the Saturn-Uranus square. And those two um, planets are square right now, meaning they're kind of, they're at a standoff and they've been at the standoff off and on for a while. And um, we're, we're going to be still working through it for um, several months, several months. But what those two are squaring off about is Saturn is like authority and rules and discipline and old school and traditions. Um, it's also uh, like institutions and things like that. And then we've got Uranus and Uranus is called the great awakener. So Uranus wants to come in with chaos magic or like the lightning bolt that strikes or the, the earthquake or um, it's like the tower card in, in tarot. Um, but it comes in and it like is something out of left field that just shifts everything. So Uranus is asking us all like, how do we bring in new different ways of being where Saturn's like, I want to hold the line. I want things to be the way it's always been. I want to like, we have to follow rules. And of course, as we know, and as you would know more than anybody, like some of those rules are outdated and antiquated and they don't work anymore. And they keep things really too confined or restricted. And you're honest. It's like, let's smash down that wall. Motherfuckers. Like this does not work. That's me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I love that. Somebody was talking about creating a career and a life inside the box of expectation. And I was like, burn the box. Don't, don't worry about being outside the box. Burn it to the ground. Find a new box that's like, you know, octagon shaped or something, right? Like something different. Or a box. Yes. I mean, for real. (laughs) The, The thing that we have to remember and know about Saturn is like Saturn tries to be the, the kind of stern father that wants us to have rules and stay, you know, safe and not get ourselves into trouble or whatever. And when we think about like the most exalted expression of masculine energy, which is in some ways is Saturn, then we know that in order for us to have magic that is potent and magic that lands and, and is you know, it really takes seed in the world. We have to have the container of like ritual and like casting a circle and having the steps and things that we take in order to enact the ritual, right? So Saturn gives us the structure for that, like to house that and for it to land. Otherwise, we could be pinging something off somewhere into crazy outer space, like a super ball, 
like that's just like bouncing all over the place. So we don't know like where that's going to go, if it's going where we intended or if it's going to like, you know, yeah, get sucked up into something, a black hole or whatever. Right. I love that visualization, ping pong ball, black hole. That's perfect. Yeah. Um, so I love that you explained that Saturn is not necessarily a negative. It brings good things to the conversation uh, because I'm quick to be like, ooh, I don't like structure. I don't want anything to do with that. But it's useful too. So thanks for making that, making me aware of that. Yeah. But Saturn has been challenging us around what are good, sustainable structures and boundaries. You know, like Saturn helps us with boundaries. And so that's a, you know, that's such a big deal for all of us. And and also what's sustainable. And if we are using Uranus to create something new and different, we have to put the structures in place to support that. And that's probably going to look different. So like, yeah, burn the structures, smash it all to the ground, and then put the new ones in place. What serves us? Yeah, it, it, it has to be that. And it's it can't be some like overcomplicated top heavy structure, which is, you know, like what's going on in the government and in society right now is that all that stuff is sort of exploding and some of it's like collapsing and so on because it's complicated and top heavy and not sustainable. Um, And Pluto, Pluto and Capricorn is really calling that out right now. And also looking at, well, what are the foundations society is, our society in the United States is founded upon? Oh, blood, genocide, slavery, how can we build structures on that that are going to be sustainable and just? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's part of what's going on right now um, and will be for quite some time. It's it's part of why everything seems like such a shit show um, and has for a while because Pluto is really like, let's raise this all to the ground and plutocracy is not sustainable. Interesting. So prepare ourselves to continue managing because that. Yeah. So like, you know, our, um, our generation, essentially we're kind of like the real sandwich generation. That's like trying to do all the ancestral healing and we're trying to like figure out, we know we have some ideas and dreams and understandings about how things can be. So we're kind of, we're kind of get to hand the baton off, but we're, we're only able to do so much like these younger generations. um, Sometimes I look at, at the younger generations and I'm so grateful and I feel like, gosh, kids, I'm so sorry because we fucked this up so bad. But at the same time, uh, there's some of these in the younger generation where I'm like, oh shit, how, like, how's that going to roll? Like, what's that going to turn into? Um, but you know, they get to decide and yes. they also have to clean, clean up um, the mess. We we're not totally cleaning up the mess. We're doing our part, but um, we're smashing uh, 
the paradigms of mostly of um, codependency. Yeah, I've I've been on this ancestral healing journey myself really deep for the last few months. Um, we bought a farm that had been purchased by my grandmother's grandfather in the late 1800s. So, and it's been in the family, just not like my uncle lived there. And so it's been close, but not in our exact bloodline. My kids will be the sixth generation on that farm. And it really stirred the pot for me, especially when we started to rip things out and renovate. And my great grandmother was not impressed. Oh, yeah. And you know what, Jamie, I love that you shared that. Thank you. Because I was looking at where, um, where some things are in your chart. And I was like, Oh, I wonder how that's showing up. And you just you just told me how that's showing up for you. So when we do the deep dive on your chart, let's really dive more into that ancestral stuff. Because um, when I yeah, when I saw that on your chart, I was like, whoa, like there, there's, I knew it was something kind of big and deep and you just illuminated that. Ha. Cool. I can't wait. I know. It's so cool. <laughs> so when someone go, comes to you or whomever and has an astrology reading done, what are some really important keys for them to understand or to ask about? Oh, that's a good question. Um, You know, everybody, no matter who you are, A, you should just have a copy of your natal chart because nobody else has a natal chart like you. They're all unique and different. And it's kind of like your map of who you are and the kinds of things you're navigating in your life. But you know, you should always know your sun sign, which is easy. Everybody knows what their sun sign is. You should always know your rising sign or your ascendant because it's so much about your outward presentation and personality. And you should always know your moon because that's about like emotional nurturing and how you feed yourself and, um, and often too, how you feed others, you know, emotionally, um, And I think it's good to know, like, I think some of where your challenges are or like some of the places in your life where where there's a real concentration of energy that you're navigating. And then we'll always, to some extent, be present um, because some of us have this real clusters of planets in different areas. And it's really clear to see when you look at a chart, like, whoa, like there's a lot there. Like, what is that? What's that mean? And it's a lot to unpack and sort of like pull apart and look at. Um, There's just so many layers that, you know, I do natal chart readings. So I'll be like, you know, this is kind of what, how things were set up for you when you, you know, when you were born. But if somebody's a bit more interested in knowing like what's going on right now, I pull up three charts. I pull up your natal chart. I pull up your progressed chart, which is kind of like who you are in this moment. And then I pull up the chart for what's happening in the skies right now, which the progressed chart and the right now chart are very different things because your progressed chart is just you, where you are. 
And the right now chart is like where things are. So it's like all these sort of layers, almost like a kaleidoscope. You've got all these layers of things and we twist and turn it to like see what's like what's going on and how things are sort of like lighting up in different areas of your life. That's super interesting because I didn't even know there was something that gave an image of where you are now. So thanks for that too. Yeah, you're welcome. So, you know, I mentioned that uh, Saturn Uranus square. Um, And so when I first started learning about progress charts a couple of years ago, a friend of mine gifted me mine and said, look at that Saturn and Uranus. And I'm like, oh my God. So that like, that tension and that almost like argument between like the old, you know, structures and the sternness and the rules and like this, I want to go out and get crazy. That is just so much a part of where I'm at in my, in my own life and, and like kind of what I've always been up against. It's just part of how I made. And when I saw that in the chart and he, he, my friend was like, dude, look at that. And I was like, oh, no wonder. (laughs) "Ah." (laughs) It's crazy. (laughs) I love that. So I knew before we even started that I could definitely talk to you all day about this. This is fascinating. And your approach and delivery is so digestible and understandable. So Mm -hmm. I thank you so much for that. You are so welcome because it it should be something that's like you can really use this. It's not just like this like kind of nebulous thing. It, it can really be something that helps and serves you in your day to day. I just think that's so important. And I want to say in a few days, so like on Monday, Labor Day, Venus goes into um, Virgo. And that's going to feel like um, even more like, okay, we're getting back down to work now and we're going to do all the things to take care of our day to day and, and focus more on our health and kind of get back to our routines. And what's great about that is that um, routines are devotion in action. Hmm. And if it helps to think of them as rituals, I think that that's nice too. Cause like we can have rituals and we can have routines, but it helps us to frame that as like, how do I live my life in devotion? And we live that through our day to day. I love that. Um, so people want to learn more about you or more about your offerings. Where's the best place for them to find you? Oh, thanks for asking, Jamie. So my, um, my website is therenegademystic.com. And I put a lot of content and stuff out on social media, especially um Facebook, most of all, but then some on Instagram and uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm really easy to access and to get in touch with. So you can always like private message me or email me. Um, and a lot of people are always like asking me questions and stuff. Um, so I really welcome connection. I like, I like people. I, I genuinely do like um, most people. Not as much as I did before COVID, but I <laughs> like so many people, and uh, and I and I love what I do. So it's fun to to be able to share it. Awesome. 
Well, I want to thank you again for joining me and sharing this magic. I can't wait to do a deep dive with you next week. Yeah, I'm excited too, Jamie. And the moment you got in touch with me and I knew the name of your podcast, I knew that you were going to be like, that we were people that need to be together. Right? Yeah. (laughs) Well, I want to thank you again and all of our listeners. If you click the link to the Renegade Mystic below, you can go learn more about Lisa and her awesomeness and all the really cool stuff she's putting out into the world. Thank you everyone for tuning in this week. I'll see you next week on Witches, Bitches, and Dead People. Peace and badass magic. Thank you for listening to Witches, Bitches, and Dead People with Jamie Hearn. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in. 